You ready for this? Yep. Got to Todd Silla Files, and welcome to another episode of Escaping the Cave. It used to be the Todd Silla X-Pod. EscapingTheCave.com, that's the website. You can go check that out if you like. Also, a Substack site out there somewhere. It does sound like we've got another microphone in here, doesn't it? It's echoey. Does there. It's another voice over there. Who is that? It's a ghost. <laughs> kind of is. That's my friend, uh, Corey. I mentioned Corey in an episode, uh, I think it was the first episode back, where uh, I mentioned that we may have him in here. And here he is. He's made the trip up from the uh, backwoods of Michigan, the Southlands, <laughs> down there by uh, Indiana, to the uh, lovely environs of Kalamazoo. His idea, he wanted to do this. You sure about that? Yes, sir. Absolutely positive, huh? Yep. All right. Here you are. <laughs> Corey and I know each other. Uh, we've known each other 35 years, probably, right? Went to high school together, graduated together. He was my uh, comrade in arms my senior year. <laughs> Didn't get in a lot of trouble somehow. We dodged a bullet. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I know what I need to do here. Let's try that. There we go. That's a little bit better. But yeah, we used to uh, cruising around his big old jacked-up pickup truck, <laughs> listening to a lot of poison. <laughs> I just listened to that on the way up here. Were you? Yes. What'd you have? Um, which one was it? Oh shoot! Now I remember. I can't remember. I have so many that I listened to, but it was on uh, XM. Oh, nice. So I had it on hair bands to get me in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> we're going, we're getting old, man. Oh yeah. I keep thinking about this. I listen to I listen to the uh, Hair Nation thing on XM all the time too. Whenever I'm in the car with uh, the wife, she's got XM in there, and I'm not above paying for music these days at all. We were just talking about Apple Music and all that. Just not to not to have to listen, not have to endure commercials, right? And I keep thinking to myself, I, I I'm like I listen to a lot of these songs, a lot of these these uh, bands, and watch a lot of movies that I thought were fantastic. You know, 30, 40 years ago, they're pieces of shit. Oh, the graphics, everything's so, the stuntmen, everything's so goofy to watch of the old movies. Bloodsport is a terrible movie. <laughs> you remember how awesome we thought that yep. thing was supposed to be 30 years ago? Jean-Claude Van, he's a choreographer, he's a dance guy. He's <laughs> dancing, acting like he's kicking the snot out of some 350-pound Chinese dude. Just a terrible piece of shit movie. Kind of like the WWE or WWF, the wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good actors. Hulk Hogan. Yep. <laughs> Second or third. So anyway, that's how long we've been uh, been friends. And Corey has always been sort of an interesting, unique kind of guy. The one thing that I remember about him, if I were to uh, sort of express like a feeling or a, a recollection that I have of you from 1989, you did your own thing. You weren't a guy who could really be finagled into much. If you no. didn't feel like doing it. I just walk away. Still, yeah. still to this day. I could talk a lot of people into a lot of things back in the day. <laughs> you know, I was pretty convinced. If you didn't want to do something, no, you weren't going to do it. Nope. And uh, always kind of respected. Now, what he's doing now, this is uh, interesting. It's, it kind of fits. He's he's raising mules, stubborn donkeys. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you translate. We'll get we'll get into that later on because I'm really <laughs> fascinated because the trajectory of the last uh, thirty years of your life to me is fascinating. It's been really interesting. It's not like anybody else that I know. A lot of people have this sort of standard life, like they got married, they had kids, they went and did this, they had a career, all this other. 
you did things again a little differently. You didn't. You did things your own way, the way you wanted to do them. Correct. Very different. Yeah. So, what did you do out of high school? What was the, like the first uh, eight or ten years after we graduated? I started driving truck. I actually drove truck for about sixteen years. Had my little house. My parents were divorced, but um, I lived by my dad, and he ended up in bad health, so he lived with me for about two years of his life. So, mm-hmm. uh, I got done driving truck. Uh, after my dad had passed, I decided to go into service and went from there. When you went in the service, you were you weren't twenty one. You weren't nineteen. 30, Thirty years old. And this would have been in uh, I think you said what two thousand one. Two thousand one, correct. And you decided to just join up and went into you didn't go into the Air Force. No, I wanted to go for the hardest one. Little do I know that I should have went for Navy SEALs, but I went to the Marine Corps instead. Yeah, I would actually retired. I loved it. I was a field MP. Um. Traveled all over with MSSG 31 out of Okinawa and absolutely loved it. And I kind of got hurt and kind of got booted out. So kind of got hurt. Now it is a little bit more than that. Kind of got hurt. How? Yeah. Blew my back apart a little bit. Blew it apart a little bit. Yeah. I have several discs in my back that are completely gone. Now, how did that happen? We didn't want to wait for a forklift. So we bent down and picked up a big tent crate. And when I stood up, I went back down to the ground. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and actually, when we picked it up, it was there was only twelve of us, and it was probably I wouldn't I wouldn't even have a guess of how heavy it was, but it just imploded uh, discs in my back and crushed a bunch of nerves and caused nerve damage and yeah, you know, plenty of good stuff like that. You were telling me some stories about. Uh, give me an example. Give me a, a good example of an interesting experience. Like what? Why would like somebody who's seventeen years old want to be an MP? Something cool that Corey did that would say, "I want to be an MP." Well, besides the things that are considered inhumane, like the uh, OC spray and stuff like that. um, What's that? The OC spray? Yeah. uh, It's a pepper spray, but it's inhumane to use, so they can only use it in the Marine Corps. And they spray (laughs) that. We have to do an obstacle course with it after we're sprayed in the eyes with it. So Really? But my favorite thing that I'll never forget was giving tours to the um, World War II veterans on Iwo Jima. I got to actually take them to the top of Mount Saribachi and take them into caves if they were capable of walking and stuff like that. There was a Japanese zero inside of a hut or a shelter over there. So that was probably the most exciting thing I ever did. So these were vets that had been? Yes, World War II veterans. At Iwo Jima, though? Yes. They had been there. They'd fought there. They'd yep. seen people die there. They went back, and you took them on a tour. Yep, we took them up to the top of Mount Saribachi in our Humvees, and I don't think I ever had a dry right eye the whole time i mean all the stories you heard and the people they lost and the you know friends and everything that went on yeah that's got to be pure pure emotion yep going back actually starts bringing tears my eyes just talking about it (laughs) (laughs) wow how many times did you do that just the just one yeah just one time wow that would have been 2002 and so you're you're in the marines you how long were you in uh just shy of three years before i got hurt and you said that you were signing up for seer school for people that don't understand really what SEER school is, tell them. They basically treat you like a prisoner of war. They lock you in boxes, cages, whatever, starve you, do whatever they have to do to try to get you to talk, to give information up. It teaches you how to be tortured and not give up information, basically, Correct. right? Correct. They want to make sure that you're not going to crack and give up state secrets if, you know, they're pouring battery acid up your nose. Yes, yes. <laughs> Something that, down that, that line. That might hurt. I didn't spend much time in the Navy. I don't have like a, this huge service record or anything like that. But that was one thing that uh, I remember uh, it'd be going through flight school was that uh, some of the, I don't know if they were actually air crewmen or if it was the pilots that were stationed with us at Pensacola. 
actually had to go through that or could go through that. And there was there was a, a five day. I think I seem to remember there were two. There was one that was like five or seven days out in the woods there somewhere around Pensacola that they'd go out and have to endure something. And I think there was a longer one that was like months. Yeah. Does that sound right? Yes. Is that that's I think, the one you I think mine was would have been like uh I think I can't remember what the sergeant major actually told me. I think it was like thirty days, I think. But I can't remember for sure. I couldn't be able to tell you exactly. It's nothing to mess with. No. It's not like you're going out camping. Only thing in the Marine Corps that you can actually opt out of. Really? Schooling wise. What does that mean? You opt out? In the Marine Corps, when you sign up for a school, you have to finish it. If you don't finish it, they can do NJP or something like that to you if they choose to. NJP is you're talking to a novice here. Uh, non jurisdictional punishment. So it's taken care of uh, by your command. Which means what, what happens to you? Um, they could court martial you. They could take you down in rank. They can take money from you. So even though in Okinawa, when I was actually a, a garrison MP, if somebody got in trouble outside in Okinawa, the MPs would actually go get them and bring them back so they could be punished within our command instead of being punished by the local government. Sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, yeah. you would rather be, you know, jacked with by. Yes. I'd rather go to a Japanese jail. <laughs> <laughs> you were in, uh, how long were you in again before you're, uh, you're in just shy of three years, just shy of three years. So you were, you were getting ready to go to Sears school and then the back injury happened. And it's, is this isn't a minor. It's not like you pulled a muscle. You, no. you really screwed your back up pretty well. Yes. Well, I have, um, since I've gotten older anyway, I've got seven discs between my neck and my back that are all gone. I have two in my neck and five in my lower back. So I have a lot of nerve damage down both my legs. Um, honestly, to be I have terrible groin pain because of mm. walking. It makes it feel like somebody's kicking you in the groin, stuff like yeah, that. So yeah. it's just nonstop pain. I don't, I have small, again, it's minuscule compared to what you have. It's called spondylolisthesis, I think, spondylolisthesis, mm-hmm. something like that. But it's basically you know, one of our mutual friends, Bobby, mm-hmm. another old Marine, I think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's my old drinking buddy. And we're out partying one night. He's a big boy. He was a big boy back then. He's mm-hmm. probably 280, 300 pounds. And I, me and my scrawny 160-pound ass thought I would, like, <laughs> dive in with my shoulder and try to pick him up. And one of my vertebrae just sort of went like, like that. So I have like sciatica and all this other crap that I have to deal with. That sucks. It, it, it does suck, but it's treatable. You know, you stay mm-hmm. healthy, you stay limber, you kind of keep your core in shape and you can kind of manage it. And I, I could do pretty much anything I could do. Nothing compared to that. But I do understand, mm-hmm. you know, when it bites you and it starts to bark, it hurts. You understand. Yep. Yeah, you can't. I mean, there's not much you can do with it. Uh, and what, what gets me is I, I never know we're not around each other all the time, but the, 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 the times we've been around each other, I never know you, you're, you have back issues. I have to stay very active. Yeah. We went down to your place over the weekend and we pull in and you're doing something like flinging a hose around in the yard. You've got donkeys, you've got cars. You basically live on a small farm. Correct. Yep. And it's you, you don't have hired help. Nope. Just me and my wife. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that really kind of struck me. I, how can you do that? Because I understand what back pain is, and I can't even fathom. If I actually take a day or two off, I'm worse off than what I am if I stay limber all the time. I have yeah. to stay limber and keep working. Yeah, just keep moving. You got to keep moving. Yeah, because yeah. yep. everything will tighten up on you. The cold really sucks because it yeah. tenses up. And, you know, body, your muscles obviously tense up, and yeah. it makes it even worse. But you are in the wrong state. You know that. Yes. Okay. Cool. I would <laughs> gladly move out of this state. <laughs> I, I know that when I, when my back, uh, when I was, I was having the really, uh, uh, 
big issues with the spasms beer helped just because it was a muscle relaxant. Mm-hmm. Two, three beers, I felt great. And next morning I was like, why the fuck did I do that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel much better in the morning, but. Yeah. So w- what are you doing now? I'm a touch-up painter at a uh, step van company. Touch-up painter. So you're on your feet. 10 hours a day. 10 hours a day. Yes. Unless I'm being lazy and I sit down on my bench. Yeah, you have a superhuman tolerance for pain, apparently, I, or some good drugs, which is Just the pain tolerance. I have. I can cut myself and don't really feel it. Um, I've lost a lot of the feeling to my skin and my muscles and my arms from nerve damage in my neck, so... <laughs> You're telling me a story about Vicodin over the weekend. You, mm-hmm. you did take it, and you found yourself kind of like, uh, I shouldn't mess with this stuff. Correct. Right? Yep. I had some issues with it. Yeah. You didn't want to get hooked on it. Yes. A couple of months, a couple of weeks ago, I had the septoplasty done. I felt the same thing with, uh, again, nothing like what you got. <laughs> they gave me uh, uh, Percocet, mm-hmm. and I took one and a half. And I'm like, you know what? No. <laughs> I'm not going to mess with this stuff. Yeah, and I, I can't understand how... People, I mean, people get addicted to everything, but even the new comp, the new drugs that are out there are just mind-boggling to me because I guess I just didn't care for the feeling that much. So Yeah. Really, honestly, sitting on that couch out there, mm-hmm. after that, I, I took that first Percocet, which I took a full pill the first time. Took it, and I just, I was like, oh. oh yeah. And then all of a sudden, I'm like an old man, just... <laughs> out! Gone! We are, we are old men. <laughs> well, you're 30 in your mind still. 25. Call me old. You're in my house, motherfucker. <laughs> You're older than me. <laughs> I am older than you, by Probably a year, right? Uh, just about, yeah. Yeah, but I, I didn't like that. There was no control over it. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm just gone. I didn't hurt, you know? But I, I, then I figured out, like, two days later, my nose didn't hurt anyway. Everything else, like, in through here from the uh, <laughs> anesthesia and stuff, I needed, you know, a little bit of painkillers for my chest, believe it or not. I had nose surgery. But my nose never fucking hurt. Why did they give me Percocet? Cushion you. Yeah. For your chest. I think we're gonna go for your chest. I think they're trying to hook me. I think they're I think they're dealers. <laughs> they might be sons of peddling underneath the bastards. <laughs> trying to dezilla the world. Yep. Don't want to do that. Let's transition now. So we got a little background on you. The reason I the reason I wanted to give uh, people this background on you was to understand kind of where you come from. You, I've never known you to be a political guy. No, ever. No. Before the last two years, and I only say this because based on what I see you post on social media, Mm -hmm. Facebook, and you've kind of become a little bit of that guy. It kind of seems to go in spurts here and there. What got you political? Or what got you to the point where you even considered being that way? I think my main thing is being through what I've already been through. and Specifically, what do you mean? Well, just, I mean, my I have an extremely old family, um, as you do too. Um, your mother was older, or she was older when you were born, wasn't she? Not that much, not, oh, okay. not, not near yours. Well, yeah. my dad was 44 when I was born. So my dad was born in 26. My grandpa and all of them, they come from the 1800s. So we take... Hold on for a second. Let, 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 let's give let's give some context here. Your grand your your dad was born when you he was how old? He was born in twenty six, and I was nineteen twenty six. Yes, and I was born when he was forty four. So your father would be almost one hundred. Correct. My oldest brother is seventy three. <laughs> wow, and you're fifty. Yes, fifty one. Yeah. Okay, so you were you were sort of a late uh, surprise yes. kind of thing, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And 
as you know, uh, us being a little bit older, we understand what the government and politics used to be where they worked for us. They worked for the, the public. Now I feel like, I don't know, to me, I just can't trust the government anymore. To me, it's just, I don't trust them. I, they try to give you stuff that they're, you know, you're going to pay for later. We hit on that a little bit earlier when we were just sitting here BSing, <laughs> but everything they give you, they turn around and they're going to stab you in the back and get it back somehow. So did your time in the military paint this? Uh, some, yes. I mean, I served my country, so I think that, you know, there should be different ways, different things going on. I don't care for the way the government is right now. So that's just my personal, you know, everybody has their own personal opinions about everything. Specifically, so. what do you mean? Just give me an example. Well, I think even the House, all those people, everybody needs to be termed. Nancy Pelosi, all those guys. Term you mean. Yes. I feel bad for saying it, but they're using our current president as a, they have him doing what they want. It's not him. I don't think Joe Biden's actually there enough to actually know what he's talking about. I think, you know, like the other day that uh, let's go Brandon chant. He actually said that on the air. He had no clue what he was even talking about. So now they're after that uh, guy that called in about that too. So I seen that this morning on the news, but (laughs) it's like satire. Yeah. (laughs) To me, I mean, I just, I don't trust them. I, I think there's more to it than what's being let out. And I miss Specifically, what do you mean? More to what? Oh, I think there's a lot. Uh, I think Pelosi and Kamala Harris and all them, I think they have a different, they're going to use him as a, a goat. They're going to throw him in there, make him look like an idiot, and then they're going to make it his problem and his fault. And they just got something bigger up their sleeve, I feel. So you're, you're one of the folks that think there was uh, there's a plan in place to sort of maybe perhaps deem him unfit for office. Yes. Uh, sort of what they were trying to do with Trump. Yes. The Democrats were trying to do with Trump. You think the Democrats are going to try to do that to Biden this time and then replace him with vice president of color? Yes. <laughs> it depends on what you listen to and what you hear, but they yeah, they even said that, you know, she's going to step down and Nancy Pelosi would be the actual one who would step up. So that's why they wanted Trump, which I'm not either side, but Trump, they want him to go and become Speaker of the House so that way he would be president again. So... There's so much to this thing. There's, it's just a huge circle. How would Trump become Speaker of the House? Um, the vote is what this coming year. The midterms. Yeah. So they think that Trump is going to run for a House seat. Yes. And then be voted Speaker yes. of the House to protect. Correct. I haven't heard that. Yes. <laughs> That's I, a new one to me. Where, I heard that one. Where'd you get that? Do you remember? It was on a news feed. I'll have to show you on my phone the news feed I have. So yeah. Okay. All right. I'm curious because I, 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 again, I'm not here to, we're not going to sit here and debate politics. Oh. I, I'm here to kind of get a perspective, a, a different perspective. Everybody hears what I think about mm-hmm. everything all the time. I have a, this is going to be the, I think the 111th episode that I've done. And at least a hundred of these have been just me. So everybody <laughs> hears, everybody hears about that. It's like religion to me too. It's mm-hmm. religion and politics are the same to me because you know, I mean, you have all these different religions believing totally different things that all supposedly came from the same book. To me, that's liberals, uh, Republicans, Democrats, same thing. That's just how I see it. That's yeah. just. Yeah, I've, I've talked to, um, no, I've said it a hundred times probably on the show, at least. I don't think I'm being hyperbolic when I say that. I probably say it once every episode that, yeah, the religions are 
or politics or ideologies are religions. Mm-hmm. They're a thing that people can kind of lead on like a religion to explain things for them. It makes things easy. It makes things simple. You don't have to think things through. You don't have to think every single issue through. You just take this. You have, an, you have a viewpoint or an angle that you're coming from, and everything is explained and provided to you within that context. It doesn't take thought. It's fucking easy. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is why I would never be a Democrat, a Republican, or anything like that, because... As you said earlier, I do my own thing. I'm not going to go in and vote straight Republican. I'm not going to go in and vote for straight Democrat because I'm going to pick the people I think they're going to actually do the job. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of the people that's just going to follow. I don't. That's just not something I do. So that's why I kind of see my my impression though. And we have never really had this this conversation. Nope, we haven't. <laughs> I, I kind of, I'm not sure we should have it here as the first time, but we'll give it a shot anyway. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. Everything that I see. My impression and my, uh, I guess, judgment of your political leanings would be that you're a diehard Republican conservative that you would never consider voting for Whitmer. No, I actually would, even though I feel most of them are lying every time they have a a debate or anything else, they're just telling what people want to hear. But I would just go with my gut feeling on, I'm normally a great judge of people. Mm -hmm. So I would do what I thought was right and i wouldn't be able to go with a straight republican or straight democratic or anything like that i I just couldn't do it give me an example like give me give me an example of a democrat that would garner your votes let's make one let's make us a, a frosty the democrat here let's take, <laughs> roll the snow up and build him up right over here in the corner okay Who, what, I would, see him. what would he look like not what um, he would look like but what give me his platform how would he come across to you politically to get you to vote for him Mine would have to be mainly honesty. I mean, we, authenticity. Yes, we all know what goes on in you know our world every day. Yeah, there was bad things about Trump. There's good things about Trump. Um, I have no reason to hate either one of our you know him or Biden, but they both tend to lie. They tend to fabricate stuff. They tend to promise stuff that you and I both know that they can't do. You get most of those people up there. I'm going to do this for work. I'm going to do this for jobs. I'm going to do this for the gas prices. I'm going to do this for you're not going to do nothing. You're going to try and you're going to say you're going to do it and you're going to have some monkey that works for you do it and then it's going to get voted down. It's what the House wants. It's not what the president wants. The pres- president doesn't do jack crap anymore except have talks. It's, it sounds ambiguous. I'm going to try <laughs> to pin you down a little bit. Okay. This is why you're here. All right. So here we go. Inside the mind of Corey. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> ambiguous when you say honesty and when you say you want somebody to be honest. Mm-hmm. If that's your primary thing, how could you consider? I'm, I'm asking the question. It's, it's a question that, that's being begged here, and anybody who's listening to this podcast is asking the same question. How could you consider, if honesty is your primary thing, mm-hmm. you want to finish the question for me? How could you consider voting for Trump? I think he had good intentions. My personal view was he had good intentions. But again, as I said, they don't get to choose what they get to do. I mean, one thing I did like about President Trump is he did not take any salary. I think that's a true American just because of the fact he has so much money he doesn't care. But, I mean, I just think that's, to me, he's serving us for free just to, to help out. So that helped me a little bit with President Trump. But honesty, I don't see, I don't think you see anybody that's honest anymore. And the politicians, to me, equal kind of like lawyers. <laughs> well, they all they are, have to, except for Trump, are yeah, all They have lawyers. to be really good liars to be able to writing some up about this. They engage in the black arts of public rhetoric. When you're a lawyer, you learn the law, but what you also learn 
rhetoric, which is an art that's thousands of years old. It's how to argue with people and how to convince people and how to how to deconstruct other people's arguments. It's the, it's the art of bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's what it is to convince people of bullshit. Lawyers are never in pursuit of truth. They're retained to advocate for a certain point of view, to win an argument. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if the argument's true. It doesn't matter at all. They're being paid to defend it. Yeah, That's what lawyers do. And the better they are at lying and yeah. switching things around, the more money they make. So Yeah, if, if you think back to the 90s, going back to dating ourselves, the OJ trial, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think Johnny fucking Cochran was really in search of the truth with OJ Simpson? Or was he just defending OJ Simpson? The glove didn't fit. <laughs> I had to acquit. <laughs> no, that again, it's high... High money, high politics, high government. All right. I mean, well, whatever. I, I'm just saying that that's that's the direct parallel because mm-hmm. almost everybody in government doesn't matter how senate, whatever. Everybody except Trump isn't is an attorney. Mm-hmm. I think Biden is he an attorney? I haven't I looked. He, who cares? Yeah. He's got dementia now. He's not arguing anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. But everybody is an attorney. Mm-hmm. That's who we elect. That's who who runs everything. Are people who are you know trained in the dark arts of rhetorical and verbal bullshit? People understand that. People have instinctively understood this. I mean, people Mencken. I got a, got a couple of books of his in there. I've talked about him a ton over the last couple of years, and he's talking about this a hundred years ago, hundred twenty years ago. You know how dishonest politicians are, and people understand it. But but nothing ever changes. It's the same as it was hundred twenty years ago. Why is that? Any idea? No, honestly, I mean, and, and, and it sounds to me, and I'm not going to put words in your in your mouth. If I'm if I'm wrong, you correct me. But it sounds to me like if you could find somebody who was breaking that mold, who was speaking as as an authentic, genuine human being and telling the fucking truth, oh, occasionally, I'd, I'd actually be whatever if that. I mean, I'd be voting for that person. Are there anybody? What about people like Kinzinger? I don't know too much really about. What do you think of Liz Cheney? I try to stay away from most of the stuff like that. So I don't really get, I don't look into too many people. So you wouldn't, how would you know that if somebody popped up who was actually trying to tell the truth? Well, kind of like you did with social media. I kind of did that with TV. Me and my wife, we try not to watch news. It's a good idea. Yes. We try not to watch any news. If the news is on, we flip to a different channel just to watch something else. I mean, we'd rather be lighthearted and have fun and watch something funny than sit there and I still believe to this day that they show nothing but bad stuff. That that's all people want to see. So that's what people pay for to see bad stuff. Here, I'll send this home with you if you want to read something. Okay, <laughs> that's what people want. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, we try. I mean, because I, I really do. I mean, you see all the bad stuff about what happens in the military and what you know the military did this and the military did that. But they don't show all the great stuff that the military does, you know, over there hugging little kids and feeding little kids and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, it, yeah. it irritates me. So I try to stay away from high profile stuff. I try to then how away. then how do you stay informed if you're if you're talking about voting for somebody? And I, you don't have to. I'm not I'm not oh. I'm not trying to you know nail you to a cross here. But if we're having a conversation about uh, who voting for someone who's honest, mm-hmm. how would you know where that person is if you're if you're avoiding well if we all get information? if we get back to a a real election where it's not actresses and actresses up there um then i'd be interested in watching it but i i mean i i haven't voted in the last few elections just because of the fact that you haven't no there's no way there i want <laughs> there's not somebody there i want yeah. so until people stop just feeding you full of shit all the time on yeah i think in all honesty i think you're closer to normal 
Oh, no. Really? <laughs> I do. I think you're closer to normal. I think there are so many people who think like you do, exactly like you do. It's like double middle fingers flying in mm-hmm. all directions. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Especially fuck you, but no, no. Yeah, fuck you too. Yeah. No, you're not cool. Never mind. I found a couple of people. <laughs> I found maybe two or three people that, uh, and I can't even remember their names, to be honest with you. Uh, Kinzinger was one. He's a Republican. He's from Illinois, my old state, one of my old states, uh, who came out against Trump, who stood up into the fire hose of the Republican Party and denounced Trump in front of everybody, kind of like Justin Amash did. I don't know if you remember him mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, but he was he was a Republican. He came out against Trump as a Republican and was primaried and lost his seat. He, he actually left the Republican Party and had to become a libertarian <laughs> uh, because he took so much heat. for. Now, that takes balls. Mm-hmm. That takes courage. That He paid a price for that. Now, an indication of honesty is paying a price, being willing Correct. to pay a professional, personal, some kind of price for saying what you actually believe. It doesn't take any fucking courage to stand up and get, yay, nope. all the fucking time. It doesn't nope. take any courage at all to do that. A coward can do that. Mm-hmm. It takes somebody to st- with courage to stand up and say something in the face of public opinion. To Very denounce correct. your own tribe, mm-hmm. right? So that, to me, that's a pretty good indicator of somebody who's either playing a, playing a game, like a chess game, four, four moves ahead. Could be, if you want to be cynical, and they're, they're smart. Maybe they understand this stuff, and I'll, I'll, I'll offer that. But it's also an indicator that it could be a human being that is trying to do exactly what you and I are talking about, trying to be authentic and trying to speak truth not to power but to the mob. Mm-hmm. Consequences be damned. See, I get in trouble at work all the time because that's the way I am at, at my work. I believe what I believe, and if I think you're a yes man and just a piece of crap, that's what you are. And I did it at a former job. We had a boss who sat and lied to everybody and lied to everybody and lied to everybody, and he would have been a great politician. He would sit there, and he'd have us in a meeting. He'd tell us one thing. He'd have us in there a week later, and he would completely tell a different story. So I called him out on it one day, and I almost got fired on the spot. Everybody went with me. They're like, yeah, that is what you said. And he ended up getting fired shortly after that. But I'm I'm with you. Like that, uh, That's something I would believe in. That'd be somebody I'd jump behind if they actually stood up and cut their own throat to... No, I would suggest keep the name Adam Kinzinger in mind and Justin Amash. He did it. You don't have to agree with him. You don't have to like him. You oh, don't no. have to anything, but keep those people in mind. And Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. I mean, she has been kicked out. I think she was either censored by the Wyoming Republican Party. She's been kicked out of committees. Every Republican. This is Dick Cheney's daughter. <laughs> Remember Darth Vader, Bush's? This is his daughter. And she's a pariah because she's come out and she's said that the election was legitimate and all this other stuff and that Trump's full of shit. As a Republican, she's paying a price. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying they're right and I'm not saying they're going anywhere. I don't even know if I'd vote for him. I am I, very curious about Kinzinger. I've done a little research. He's you know formed this whole new little organization trying to you know get tribalism out of politics. I think he's like fucking Pollyanna. I think <laughs> there's no way it's ever going to happen. I think... It, <laughs> It is what it is after all these years, the way they've made it. Yeah, God. It's it's human nature. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand human nature, I don't think. And either that or he's just trying to blow, you know, happy smoke up people's asses. Give it, You got to give him hope. Maybe he list, has, needs to listen to one of your uh, podcasts. He needs, about, to, uh, he needs yeah. to sit the fuck in no. that chair, shut the fuck up, and listen for an hour. That's what he needs to do. Listen to me, Adam, yeah. you son of a bitch. This is how. Explain the herd to him. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Those are three people that I, three or four people that I can think of. They're out there, and there are some Democrats out there as well. There's uh, Spanberger or Spernberger, whatever the fuck her name is. I think she's from Virginia. Mm-hmm. And after the the last election, 
she stood up and said she stood up to AOC and all the the, the squad people over there. <laughs> and it's like, you know, if we keep talking about defund the police, we're going to get our fucking asses. I think she actually said that. We're going to get our fucking asses beat in the midterms. You know, she stood up to this far left, uh, the woke flake wing of the Democratic Party. And the same thing happened to her where AOC and Tlaib get put on the blacklist. Yeah, it's coming. You can tell whenever anybody stands up to these extremist wings, anybody with any sense whatsoever, anybody tries to do, I think, what you're talking about doing, the backlash, the, it's, it's like a flamethrower from the extremes. Come, They pop out of the weeds and boom. Maybe that's the indicator. Look for the people that the extremists are attacking. Maybe that's the litmus test for people. Actual, I don't know. The true people, the ones that are in the back fighting for what really should be. Or could potentially yeah, do or could, that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But there has to be something, right? There has because to be. Because I, th- I, I do. I, I really think that you're, uh, you're, not, you're not a unicorn. I think a lot of people uh, think the same way you do. It's just, you're all just full of shit. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yep. For me personally, if I'm going to vote, Taking all that into account, you know who I'm going to vote for? Who's that? Whoever advocates for me. <laughs> this guy. That guy. <laughs> this handsome salt and pepper goateed motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, you too. I don't want to hear. Do you think I'm going to vote for the group or the political party that demonizes middle-aged white men? <laughs> well, sure, of course. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> and it has nothing to do, has nothing to do with anything else but that. It's if everybody's full of shit and everybody is trying to, you know, advocate or demonize somebody, you've got to pick the ones that aren't going to try to scapegoat you specifically. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to pick, if you're a trans person, you're going to pick for the, 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 the party or the politician that's going to advocate for you. Or if you're a black person who thinks you're owed a living because something happened to your ancestor 400 fucking years ago, you're going to vote for the person who advocates for that. Well, you know what? I'm entitled to do mm-hmm. the same damn thing. Yep. Woo! Unity that, via division. Yay! That, that, that brings something to my mind that blew my mind. I don't know if you heard it or not, but there was a... Um, lady who somebody rented her a hotel room and it was beside a cotton field in, uh, I think it was Alabama. And she happened to be a African-American lady. And she took that as a bad thing. I mean, it was all over. They had blew it all up on the radio. I heard it a couple different t- places on radio about this. It's like, really? It happens to be there. That's just where they planted a field. <laughs> right. And she was all butthurt and pissed off. But it's like, how does that even make the news anymore? I mean. Well, it, it makes the news because it's yeah, <laughs> paid ink. You know, it, it, it's outrage. It's manufactured outrage. There's a book over here called Manufacturing Consent, written in the 1980s by Noam Chomsky, right? Uh, today, you could write the book Manufacturing Outrage. And that's what sells. That's what people, mm-hmm. people I, they are. They're addicted to, uh, Brian and I had an episode we, where we, we talked about a nation in heat because the heat is the outrage. People want to be mad. They want to feel like they're a victim. They want to feel like somebody's attacking them or whatever because the, that, that self-righteous rage feels fucking good. Maybe that's where I'm too old school. How's that? Well, just, you engage in that. You engage in, in that. On I've seen you some, do that on Facebook a little bit. Some, but usually it's what? just a... Tell me about the vaccine card you posted the other day. Oh, I just <laughs> thought that was funny. I like humor, so I thought that was funny. <clears throat> I'm just... Get your get, get your pizza after your 10th uh, booster shot. <clears throat> it was funny. But, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you do that, though. Mm-hmm. We And I do it still all the time. I'm not I'm not putting myself on a pedestal, and I'm not, you know, at the, at the, at the pulpit preaching here. You know, <laughs> I, I do the same damn thing. We all do, because it feels good. And we have this little group of people 
usually, especially on Facebook and Twitter and all that, we have a little group of people that we like to perform for. We like to show our friends these things that we think are funny and that we think they will think are funny Mm -hmm. as well and have a kick out of it. But in the meantime, other people see it. Yeah, and the, the, their 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 blood like Moonbeam. You know who Moonbeam is. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about when mm-hmm. I talk about Moonbeam. She's a specific human being. People, uh, Corey knows her personally. I that's who I think of though when I see you post that, and I think I, I have this image in my head that she's up there like. <laughs> no. Yep. You know what I mean? I do it more of a kind. I'm a joking thing just because yeah. I like to have fun. I'm trying but, to call you um, out too much. Oh no, 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 no. You're fine. Um, I like to have fun and I like to make fun of everything because I'd rather be happy than I would be one of those other people. Again, you're, well, maybe that's where you're the unicorn. <laughs> most people really, I, 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 most people I think who are, I'm not going to say most people in general, but most people who, you know what I just realized? Hmm. My voice is back. Yeah. This is the first podcast I've done since this. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah. You don't have the rasp to you. Yeah. It's like strong. I can do mm-hmm. what I want to do with it. What the fuck was I saying? Most people <laughs> would. Uh, that makes me really happy, Corey. Well, good. Uh, now, most people would, I, I think, rather be angry than, uh, than, than be one of those jokey, ha, ha, ha kind of people on social media. You know what I mean? Especially, mm-hmm. I, I think it, those, those people who are political anyway, those people who you know, uh, deal with uh, political conversations or follow politics at all, I think it's, it, people associate being angry with being righteous and being angry engaged activism definitely Mm -hmm. if you're an activist from either side of the spectrum you have to be angry you can't be an activist and not be angry i'd never never make it (laughs) (laughs) let's transition now from that to covid all right you knew this was coming yep because a little more background here, Corey. Like I said, one of the very, very, very few people that I'm still in touch with, it, definitely that I'm in, in regular contact with. You're the last one. Oh, it's a landmark. Hilltucky. Yeah, sorry, I can't really say the name. Uh, <laughs> you're the last one from Hilltucky that I'm in contact with yeah, on a regular basis. And I invited my friends from Ann Arbor, another couple of friends from Ann Arbor, and then you and Cindy to come up to our wedding reception in uh, September. And you came up and we hung out and all that. And then. I got the wonderful COVID. Ten days later. Yep. Something like that. And we were concerned uh, because you're not vaccinated. Correct. Correct. Your wife? Nope. We'll get into into why here in a couple of minutes. But this was in September. You came down with it. You got sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't like asymptomatic. You were laid up. Not, yeah. Not terrible. No, well, I just had, explain it. You, you I just had a constant fever and that was about the worst part. Fatigue and constant fever. So Nothing with the lungs? Somewhat of a cough, but not real bad. How long did it uh, lay up? Two weeks exactly. Really? Mm-hmm. That's it. And you, you were posting. I didn't. You didn't announce you had COVID. Why didn't you announce you had COVID? I was kind of wondering because my conspiracy mind, my cynical mind, was here. Oh yeah, he's come out against the vaccine all this time. Now he's got COVID. Now he doesn't want anybody to know he's got the wrong. No, I just don't announce stuff like that. Okay. I I keep my personal stuff to myself. I actually believe you. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> I really do. Uh, we were concerned. Or I was concerned because my wife is, she deals with COVID at work. Mm. She's in HR all the time. It's a big plant she works at. So uh, she deals with it all the time. She she understood that. Now, you know, it's with Delta, I think you have, probably have the Delta strain that it's, you know, usually two or three days at the most, and then you start seeing symptoms. So he probably did not get that. 
Now our, our work had it really bad. So yeah. we had hundreds and hundreds of people at our work had it. So Right. And I talked in the other episode uh, back at the beginning of the month. My mom. Mm-hmm. Did not go to that reception. She was, she's still around. She's still, you know, I could, I, we could have went and got her. She refused to get the vaccine and we were not going to bring her there. Mm-hmm. You're different. You're 50, you're healthy. Mm-hmm. You're not to be rude, but you, you know, if you got sick there, it's your fault. Yeah. I, I can't take that attitude with my 83 year old mother. Correct. I have to look out for her if she won't look out for herself being mm-hmm. her son. Correct. And she didn't like that. So that was really, it was kind of, when you got that, it was like, Everything kind of happened at the same time and fell into place because it's like you have to have this conversation and this discussion. You have to really think about the consequences of not getting vaccinated, A, mm-hmm. uh, being accountable for your beliefs and your choices, B, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you know, okay, that's fine. But if you get sick, you know, that's your own ass. That's your own ass. And yep. how much sympathy do we give you? Right? Correct. You knew. Yep. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to be an asshole about it. I, oh. I wasn't sitting here laughing at you or nope. anything like that. But it's different uh, for you being who you are as opposed to an elderly relative who you feel you have to protect from themselves even. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So that was a bit weird. And we've got my, my wife, Her this this is where it gets a little a little murky here. I don't know the guy personally. My sister's wife's husband, his best friend, best man in their wedding. Six kids. Conspiracy guy, apparently. Absolutely refused to get vaccinated. Six kids, right? Mm-hmm. He is in ICU, on a ventilator. I don't know if he's going to make it. How? How do you, in two, three years, five years, when those kids ask, what happened to dad? How do you explain he didn't get the vaccine. When all you all he had to do in that kid's mind was go get a shot and he's here. Mm-hmm. How do you explain that? How do you explain that mercifully? <laughs> yeah, that would be difficult to explain. And which I, I haven't told you yet, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but we had a, a person that we both know that passed away just recently from Hilltucky. COVID? Yes. She was an elderly lady. That's just like, I mean, her family, none of them are as far as I know, vaccinated. So, you know, I mean, how do they feel? Do they feel like they gave it to their mom? I mean, who had underlying health issues, obviously, and she was quite elderly. So, she, Was she vaccinated? No. So there's lots of questions. I don't think I'll ever, well, I'll ever really know what's going on, but. <laughs> I, I can't. I, I just, I can't. I understand. I, I do. I understand the want to be skeptical and to be cynical about everything. And I've railed against pharmaceuticals and the big drug companies. I've done it up for years. You know, I'm talking about you know, legalization of pot and how not legalizing pot makes a lot of money for people like Pfizer with antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds and all this other stuff. I understand all of that and I'm kind of there with you, but everything is not a conspiracy. Everything, sometimes those drug companies have, have, have worked miracles on things like polio. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what, what other drugs like AIDS? You know, remember mm-hmm. when we were younger, that was a yep. death sentence. It was like a, per- now you get AIDS, you get a, a drug cocktail, you're fine, right? It's not always a conspiracy. And I can't, I just, when I think about that guy sitting in the hospital and his six kids, I think about her, I know who you're talking about. I think about her, it's like, I've had the vaccine. I've gotten three of them. I feel fine. Mm-hmm. It hasn't affected me. I haven't gotten sick. 
I'm healthy. I am a healthy, you know, 51 year old dude. I don't have any underlying conditions that I know of. I got, you know, I was laid up for a day, like with a hangover and all that, but I feel better. I feel better knowing that at least I've got something in me that's going to protect me from this, that I can go out without a fucking mask Mm-hmm. and go to Costco and get my, my salted almonds. <laughs> you know, I can go get this stuff. As long as it ain't almond milk. Uh, I have some in the fridge. Oh, Actually, no. I had some this morning. What's the matter with you? I don't know if I can have you over. <laughs> but, you know, to, to be able to do that, I hate the mask more than I hate the shot. Mm-hmm. And to be able to take that fucking mask off my face and not fog my glasses up is nice. And that I, I thank the vaccine for that. Proud to be from Kalamazoo. Pfizer's right over there, right mm-hmm. up in Portage, the worldwide headquarters. It came, a lot of that shit came from here. I'm happy it came from this community, you know, but I can't. I, I just cannot get my head around. Again, this isn't you, oh. but other people who have children mm-hmm. or who have elderly family members or whatever. What is the, dis- I, don't, I, I can't do the mental gymnastics with you, I, with them, I should mm-hmm. say, because it's political. It is political. It's been politicized. That's where this is coming from. These people, most of these folks would ha- have no problem sending their kids to school, to public school, getting the vaccines that you and I both had when we were kids. What's the problem with this? I don't even get the flu shot. It's just me. I, I'm, I don't either. Yeah, I am just always feel like I'm a perfectly healthy person. Yeah, I had COVID. To me, it was no big deal. Yeah, I had a, a headache and a <clears throat> fever and stuff like that, but... I'm not trying to criticize. Oh, no. I'm definitely not a tag team, but I, I really want to understand this. But why you don't think there's a difference between COVID and the flu? No, not the way I felt. I've only had flu one time in my life. So I really, I mean, besides sitting on a toilet the whole time, the <laughs> right. feeling was basically the same. No, the weakness and the fever. I mean, I've heard people that have the um, toilet issues with COVID too. So mm-hmm. to me, I think, I think just how your body adapts to it and, as a general um, public health issue, you don't think there's a difference between COVID and the flu? No. Or maybe, or is it just something that you don't want to really, you don't feel like you're a part of, that you don't feel like it's something that you should be either have to participate in, want to participate in, or are obligated to participate in? For me, I it, won't yeah. be forced to do something. I mean, that's mm-hmm. my personal belief. Oh, we talked about that yes. earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I won't be forced to do something. Now, I get the psychology. Um, second of all, I mean, I just, I can't say I'm scared of it. Which, I mean, I've obviously, like I said, had it. I'm not scared of it at all. If there's another variant and I caught it, I think I'd have the same results. For all the elderly people, people who have underlying uh, issues, you know, that's totally different in my mind. If I had underlying issues, then... Children, does that factor in? You got young kids, do you think that factors in? Um, Yeah, I, I would think it did. Yeah. Then, are you with me? Am I? Do yeah. you think I'm being judgy about this guy? No, I mean, no. That that to me, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I feel. My, my friend said that. My brother-in-law said the same thing. He's he's feeling anger. This is his best friend. Mm-hmm. He's he's concerned. Obviously, he loves his friend. He doesn't want anything to happen to him. But he expressed the emotion of anger yeah. that he, he makes you look all selfish. Of, all of these kids, it's it's beyond self. It's mm-hmm. negligent. Well, to yeah. a degree, because you're taking yourself away from six children for what? Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to go get a fucking shot. I can't, man. Yeah, this is this is where th- that's the line for me. Mm-hmm. You know, where I, I'm not for mandates. We've talked about this, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm right there with you. I don't like to be told what to to do either. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, this yeah. is not new for me. No, no. Nope. <laughs> Uh, I have the grade point average from high school to prove I will not be told what to do. Uh, me, me and you as well. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's the line for me. 
is that if you're inflicting harm, not even, uh, you know, physical harm, like health wise on somebody, those kids didn't do anything. You're harming them. You're Mm -hmm. taking their father away from them. Why? Yeah, I see. I see that point. But again, that's. Well, you don't have kids. Yeah, that's yeah. a totally different world for me. So yeah, right. My donkeys probably won't get it. <laughs> <laughs> donkeys are awesome. <laughs> I went down there this weekend to uh, finally get down to your place, mm-hmm. uh, and I wanted to meet these guys. What do you got? Six? Yes, six. Six. Yeah, and you've got the 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 fuckers are huge. Mammoth. Yeah, mammoth. They're not. That's not an adjective. That's a that's a that's a that's a breed, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mammoth donkey. They're huge. They're like they're bigger than horses. They're usually about the same size or a little bit bigger, yeah. I didn't know they made them. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know. I got up next to that thing. It's like, oh, you, you, I, I got a thing. I don't even like horses. You'll horses look, don't like me. You'll have to look up Romulus. Romulus? Lives, yep, lives here in Michigan. Largest donkey in the world. You told me about that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. How yep. big is he? I can't remember how big he is, but he's ginormous. Yeah. He makes mine look like they're small. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, well, that's normal for me. <laughs> I've lived that my whole life. <laughs> and then you got, you got, you go the other way and then you got the little, yep. little guys. We got two minis. Yeah. Those guys, they're, they're more, my, they're more my speed. They're like baby donkeys. Yeah. And they couldn't run too fast from yeah. you. Yeah. They're nice. <laughs> so, you can ride them. Yeah. Uh, maybe next time. I'll, I'll ride the little guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your feet will be dragging the ground. <laughs> Look like I'm at the kitty fair. <laughs> yeah. Get some, like some circus music yeah. going to the back. Put some big boots on and run beside them. Got to run video on it. I'll put the uh, I'll put the, the music in and post up. Maybe put there a little go. party hat on me. I, we can do that. Remind me when I get done here. I got a, a picture of our, our friend Chad that uh, I took Uh-oh. and decorated from. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious. If what? we release the video of this, I'll put it in the video. Okay. Just there was, embarrassing. There was no alcohol involved, was there? Chad? <laughs> <laughs> Chad's not much of a drinker. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. Anyway, yeah, I, I guess that that's really kind of where I think where I wanted to, to kind of kind of steer the conversation today though you and i do have we have a point of agreement on this and i I think that our our beliefs and our philosophies as far as being told what to do public mandates and all this other stuff i think they pretty much they intersect pretty well Mm -hmm. i wanted to clarify though where you kind of are as far as what happened with your friend's mom what's happening with her friend Mm -hmm. you know there is a line right yeah i'd feel there's a line and my wife you know what kind of job she does yeah and she tells the people prior to that she does not have the vaccine mm-hmm. and it's their choice whether she performs her job or she doesn't. She lets everybody know up front so that way it's very known and very forward. So a lot of them have no qualms about it. They, oh yeah, come on in. They, so far there's only been one person that said, nope. That's her choice. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah, not a lot of drama. Nobody's bitching and complaining about yeah. it. Nobody's, you know, spewing, oh, blah, blah, blah. Nope, no yeah. arguments about yeah, it, anything like that. And that's what I, I think I said in that in that uh, earlier episode is that, yeah, you have, you, you do have your choice, mm-hmm. but then other people have decisions they have to make mm-hmm. based off of them, and they're they're just as entitled to make those as, oh, yeah. as you are, right? Yep. That's yeah. like the flu shot or, I mean, anything else to me. I mean, it's just a, to me, it's, your prerogative if you want to get it that's great if you don't want to get yeah. it that's like they offered me now at our age we get offered the pneumonia shot Woo. yeah it's like no i'm not gonna take that either <laughs> i don't i don't care for that one either i don't know what it's gonna do but i i've never gotten a flu shot yeah i never get the flu i've had it uh, I, I think had it once yeah i had it back in uh 2006 this is the last time i had it. and I, I i get the the shits whenever i go to mexico or latin america mm-hmm. you know i get that the crud is what they call it and there's viruses floating around down there that you, we just don't have here. So you're going to get something. Oh, I had uh, plenty of shots in the military to go to different countries. So, you know, that was the other thing I was going to ask you about. Mm-hmm. 
That was in the Navy. I went through boot camp and all that. And they had, the, you remember the big gun? Oh, that yeah. They gave a lot of people that didn't have a lot of vaccines, I think. It was yep. like the cocktail that they gave you. And we had to. There was nothing. You talk about vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. Everything's mandated in the, in, in, in the service. That it is. You don't get choice. Nope. No choice. You don't Walk through a line and get poked. You don't own you. <laughs> I, you know what I did? I was uh, in my uh, air crew candidate school down in Pensacola. And uh, I was a good-looking guy, 19, you know. I could drink and get up and make formation and do all the stuff that I had to do. Went out uh, on the town one night. I don't know. It was during the week, somehow. And met this girl. <laughs> you know, all that kind of thing. Came no. in. I had hickeys all over my neck. <laughs> I like it like a... That's, that's damaging government property. That's exactly what he said. That's that's the punchline right there. Yep. <laughs> guy, guy in line was like, what the hell's that? Oh, your hickeys. You don't do that. You're go- that's government property. You're damned. That's exactly what he told me. Yep. You're owned. <laughs> that freaked me out. Like, yeah, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. I don't think I like this. <laughs> I remember one time they told us, we were lined up for our shots, and they said, okay, what we want you to do, we're going to give you this shot. Make sure you stay up on your feet moving around. Okay. So they give it to you right in your old uh, <clears throat> butt cheek, and then they march you out and set you down in formation. After the doctor had just told you to stay motivated, stay moving, yeah, because right. it's going to set up, they set you down for hours. Yeah. And you go to stand up, and oh. And they thought it was good. funnier than hell. Yeah, of course. Of course they do. Of course they do. <laughs> it's been fun. It has been fun. What do you think? Enjoy this? I do enjoy it, and I am glad you had me up to do this. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We'll have to do it again if it works out. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you, this is uh, the first time, like I said earlier, that I've had somebody in the studio with me uh, since the first couple of shows that I did in 2018 after I resurrected the podcast. <laughs> this is so much better. You can look. You can yeah. take visual cues. You know when somebody's going to talk, when they're when they're letting. It's just, I'm, I, I, I want to listen to it because I don't think we stepped on each other a lot and that never happens when you've got a cell phone connection with a delay. It's like people are screaming over each other. Mm-hmm. You can't tell. It's, it, this really helps. You can look somebody in the eye and yeah. So we do this again. We might. Very good chance of that. If we do, I want you to come up here. I don't want to do this on the phone. Oh, that's fine. Because in fact, I may not never do anything on the phone again. I don't, I don't mind the drive. This felt Good. All right. Uh, EscapingTheCave.com, that's the uh, website. You do what you want with that if you want. I'm not sure how much use that website is going to get in the near or far future. I do have a Substack site, Toddzilla X, T-O-D-D, Zilla X. That's pretty much my username everywhere, except Twitter. That's at E-T-C pod, but fuck Twitter. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, the YouTube channel, I should mention that. Uh, we'll be uploading videos. We're going to try to get this one done. We'll see how this goes. I've never had a... a two-person set up on camera. I think it actually will probably be okay. So look for that. Tons of likes over there at YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. Share that shit. Share all that shit. I want you. This is your homework assignment. This week, in honor of the new year, as I record this a few days before 2022, I want you to share this with everyone you know. Give them the gift of Zilla this holiday season. He's trying to keep from laughing. Anyway, next time I need a different chair, I'm going to fall asleep in this one. Yeah. Shave your eyeballs. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. So long. <laughs>